As the impacts of climate change on the natural environment increase, so too are associated risks to macroeconomic stability and fiscal sustainability, particularly among climate-vulnerable economies in developing Asia and the Pacific. In this podcast, ADBI Research Fellow John Byrne discusses the ways in which climate risks affect the cost of sovereign borrowing and the sustainability of public finances, with a focus on Southeast Asia, which is highly threatened by climate change. The discussion draws upon the new book, Climate Change and Sovereign Risk, which Byrne co-edited, together with experts from SOAS University of London, ADBI, the World Wildlife Fund for Nature, and 427. John, thank you for joining Asia's Developing Future. Can you start by explaining how exposure to climate change affects the cost of sovereign borrowing and why this is important? The cost of sovereign borrowing may be affected by climate change through many channels, and this is an increasingly important consideration from the perspective of the sustainability of public finances. One way that this may occur is through the depletion of natural capital, which can contribute to natural disasters, undermining economic growth and stability and affecting the price of sovereign risk. Climate risk can also affect the cost of sovereign borrowing due to the direct fiscal impact of climate-related natural disasters. For example, Macroeconomic risks related to natural disasters and extreme weather include risks of a disruption to economic activity, which may adversely affect tax income and other public revenues and increase social transfer payments. A further channel relates to the fiscal consequences of adaptation and mitigation policies for climate change. Public adaptation to climate change affects public budgets directly on the expenditure side. Likewise, investment in mitigation, for example, clean energy investment, can strain public finances, while climate mitigation policies such as carbon taxes can affect the revenue side. Climate change can also affect the cost of sovereign borrowing via broader macroeconomic implications. Climate risks can have negative side effects on macroeconomic conditions leading to lower investment, financial losses and disruption in asset valuations. Supply and demand shocks from extreme weather events, although short-term in nature, can have lasting impacts on growth and public finances. Moreover, the supply and demand side effects of gradual global warming and transition impacts can cause fundamental and enduring structural changes to the economy and adversely affect long-term output trajectories. For many countries, climate change will have a profound impact on their long-run productive capacity and potential output. A country's long-term growth potential will inevitably have ramifications for public financing and debt sustainability. In addition, the extent to which climate change affects financial stability can have ramifications for the cost of sovereign borrowing and the price of sovereign risk. For example, physical risks related to extreme weather conditions can cause a rise in bank credit risk owing to damage to the operating assets and production output of borrowers. This may lead to an inability of borrowers to meet their debt service obligations and a higher incidence of non-performing loans with negative implications for the sovereign risk profile. Also, it is important to consider how natural disasters may impact upon international capital flows, affecting balance of payments positions and thus sovereign risk. Finally, Climate risk could lead to a rise in sovereign default rates should it lead to political instability. The positive link between political instability and sovereign default has been widely researched. However, more recently, there has been some work to show that climate-related disasters can lead to migration within and between countries 
which may induce political instability. The reason why consideration needs to be given by policymakers to the role of climate change on sovereign risk ultimately relates to the threats that exposure to climate change risks have on the sustainability of the public finances through the channels that I have described, as well as the other macroeconomic and financial frictions that an impaired sovereign bond market would entail. How vulnerable is Asia and the Pacific to climate-related sovereign risk? The region overall is highly vulnerable to climate-related exposure to sovereign risk, with Southeast Asian countries among those most heavily affected by climate change. The number and intensity of extreme weather events in the region has been increasing markedly, often leading to a loss of life, homes and livelihoods and causing severe economic damage. Southeast Asian economies are also exposed to gradual effects of global warming, as well as transition risks stemming from policies aimed at mitigating climate change. The expected annual fiscal burden arising as a consequence of natural disasters, including recovery and reconstruction liabilities, as a percentage of overall government expenditure is significant. With global warming accelerating, chances are that disaster losses will rise further unless investment in adaptation and resilience is scaled up substantially, which will also increase direct fiscal burdens. Southeast Asian countries will not only be exposed to an increase in the frequency and intensity of extreme weather events, large parts of the region will also suffer from chronic physical impacts such as worsening heat and water stress and sea level rise, which are expected to have significant impact on economic activity. Estimations of climate change impacts on economic growth are based on a host of assumptions on climate trends, tipping points, technological innovation, adaptive capacity, and the effects of all of these on human well-being and economic activity. Long-term growth projections hence need to be taken cautiously. Still, they do provide a useful indication of growth trends under different climate scenarios. Most projections suggest that the economic cost of inaction is immense. Recent research that I've conducted with co-authors indicates that greater climate change vulnerability in Asian countries has a sizable rising effect on sovereign bond yields, suggesting that these countries are already having to pay a climate risk premium on bonds now. With a worsening of climate change and a greater awareness of investors to climate risk, this risk premium is likely to increase in the future. The implication is that countries heavily exposed to climate change, which are among those countries with the greatest need for adaptation and resilience investment, will face greater constraints in financing those. For poorer countries, climate change also poses a substantial threat to future development. I think there's a risk of a vicious circle facing climate vulnerable countries, where an acceleration of global climate change will make the developing countries of Southeast Asia ever more vulnerable, with adverse effects on their sovereign credit profiles and a resulting higher cost of debt. A higher cost of capital will, in turn, hold back public investment in growth and development, including crucial investment in climate resilient infrastructure and other adaptation measures. Over time, there is a risk that a worsening of climate change and associated macroeconomic impacts will further undermine public finances. Moreover, Greater climate vulnerability is also holding back the development of the private sector. The poorer countries in the region face the risk of not being able to finance necessary adaptation measures and, without external support, end up in this vicious circle of greater vulnerability and worsening public finances, 
on perpetual debt crises. On the upside, my research also shows that greater resilience to climate change can partially offset the effect of climate vulnerability on the cost of capital, underlining the strong rationale for scaling up investment in climate adaptation and resilience. What policy steps can be taken to mitigate climate-related sovereign risk, particularly in highly threatened areas like Southeast Asia? I think that there are five broad policy actions needed to mitigate and manage climate-related sovereign risk in a coordinated manner. First, governments need to conduct comprehensive sectoral and national vulnerability assessments over multiple time spans to identify climate-related sovereign risk and develop a national adaptation plan. A systematic scenario-based assessment of all sources of vulnerability for the macroeconomy, the financial system, and public finances is needed, addressing both the physical and transition risks. Such an assessment could be conducted by a dedicated national climate risk board that should include the central bank and supervisor, along with key government departments responsible for finance, the economy, planning, and agriculture, among others. Second, Based on vulnerability assessments, financial authorities need to mainstream climate risk analysis into public financial management. This should include the appropriate disclosure analysis and management of climate risks to public finances. Budgetary processes need to account for climate risk and mainstream climate-relevant policies and laws. Furthermore, finance ministries need to enhance public sector funding and debt management strategies including through debt instruments with risk-sharing features and the diversification of government revenue streams away from high-risk sectors. Third, central banks and financial supervisors need to address climate-related risks in their monetary and prudential frameworks and operations. The disclosure of climate and other sustainability risks should become mandatory and climate stress tests of financial institutions should be conducted regularly. Climate-related financial risks should be mainstreamed into macro and micro prudential supervision, while monetary and prudential measures should be aligned with climate goals. Importantly, supervisors should reconsider the prudential treatment of sovereign exposures in financial regulation. Fourth, governments and financial authorities should implement financial sector policies to scale up investment in climate adaptation and develop insurance solutions. Monetary and financial authorities can play an important role in supporting the development of local currency bond markets and fintech solutions for mobilizing domestic savings for financing climate resilient, sustainable infrastructure and other adaptation measures. Developing insurance markets and broadening insurance coverage can help to enhance the financial resilience of households and businesses and alleviate the extent of the burden on public finances. Fifth, International financial institutions, including the International Monetary Fund, multilateral development banks, and regional financing arrangements, have a special role in supporting vulnerable countries to better address climate-related sovereign risks and strengthen adaptive capacity and macro-financial resilience. Building on their respective strengths, they can provide technical assistance and training, support surveillance and risk monitoring, provide finance for adaptation and resilience investment, help develop insurance solutions and provide emergency lending and crisis support. To wrap things up, what is the outlook for climate-related sovereign risk responses in the region? And what are some areas where greater policy research and collaboration could help? 
I think that we are likely to see positive action and further accelerated progress on addressing exposure to climate change. Moreover, reducing vulnerability and increasing resilience should help to lower the cost of sovereign borrowing going forward. Our understanding of the serious negative effects of climate change on the wider economy and future development has increased substantially in recent years, and this can also help to spur an impetus for further action. I also think that greater efforts on mitigating climate-related sovereign risks are ever more important at the current juncture, where the public finances have been placed under unprecedented strain due to COVID-19. I think that policymakers are well aware of this. I mentioned previously the issue of mainstreaming climate risk analysis in public financial management, whereby budget planning should build in fiscal buffers for climate-related risks and develop contingency savings funds. There's already been progress in this regard. For instance, the Philippines has established a national disaster risk reduction and management fund, an example that could be replicated in other countries in the region. On central banks and financial supervisors, the network of central banks and supervisors for greening the financial system, or the NGFS as it's known, was launched at the Paris One Planet Summit at the end of 2017. The NGFS is aimed at sharing best practice among central banks and supervisors on environment and climate risk matters insofar as they affect the financial sector and to mobilize mainstream finance to support the transition to a sustainable and greener economy. It is encouraging that six economies from the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, or ASEAN, have already joined this network, pointing towards our commitment to moving forward collaboratively on the broader NGFS agenda. I think that Southeast Asian countries should also seek to develop regional and international disaster financing mechanisms and risk pool arrangements such as enhancements to the Southeast Asia Disaster Risk Insurance Facility, which was set up in 2018. I think there's also scope for further regional collaboration to develop a surveillance mechanism for climate-related macrofinancial risk for all countries in the region, the development of an emergency financing facility that would provide support for countries hit by disaster, as well as measures aimed at strengthening adaptation and resilience across the region, and on developing risk transfer mechanisms. Finally, further collaborative efforts are needed to improve the riches of data available to measure resilience to climate risk, including not only across countries, but over time and at higher frequencies. This has been Asia's Developing Future, brought to you by the Asian Development Bank Institute in Tokyo. See the show notes for the transcript and related material. For more information about us, please visit adbi.org.